Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. What's up, everybody? Sports Talk Mississippi. Is it not working, Borky? It's working. Bring yourself up, though. There we go. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. You sounded great until we go live, and now there's a white noise that's so bad. Yeah. Oops. There he is. There, there we go. Don't touch it. It might be that the uh, the old Perfect. Comrex is not operating. It, it it may have. You make age jokes about me. Perhaps uh, we should be making age <laughs> hey. jokes about the uh, the Comrex. But there well, we go. We're all good now. Sounds great. Loud and clear. I'm here. Good uh, good That's Thursday afternoon. There he is, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky. I'm Richard Cross. This is Sports Talk Mississippi <laughs> live radio. <laughs> Wonderful. Coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Uh, I don't know that today is the spring day in Mississippi that you would like to be on the golf course, but there are great spring days that are quickly approaching, and we've already had some of them. You can book your tee time or plan your trip online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Uh, find out more online at Pearl River Resort. You can be a part of the conversation on the C Spire text line, 601 879 Four three nine five again six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Seaspire Business, backed by world class IT professionals who live where you do, and that's right here in Seaspire Country. Happy Masters Thursday, and my goodness, that leaderboard. It's early. There's a lot of golf left, but Brother. buddy, this is a killer leaderboard. Um, Victor Hovland, 7-under, and he set the tone right out of the gate with an eagle on number two. They, they said when he hit his tee shot, he was in part of that featured group this morning, they said, ooh, that's an aggressive line, and then they saw it land, and they're like, that's going to roll forever. And then he hit a shot in to the, uh, the green on the par 5 second, made a putt, and was off to the races 7-under, and he rolled in a little little sneaky bender from about six or eight feet on 18 to finish off a bogey-free round. Now, you tell me what's more impressive. Is it the bogey-free 65 from Victor Hovland, or is it the 65 from John Rahm that started with a double bogey and a four-putt yes. on the first hole of the day? 
Uh, my vote is Rom. Because, I mean, I don't know how much of it you were able to watch, but Rom looked shook on the first hole and the tee shot on the second hole. Yeah, that's the thing. After, after he made the double on one, you're thinking, all right, he can go back and eagle too. And he kind of hit it in a spot and got away with it, Borky, just a little bit down in that corner on the left side of the, the fairway at number two. He ends up making birdie on two, birdie on three, birdie on seven, eagle on eight. So on the front, he played the par fives three under. He makes a birdie on 13, make that four under for the par fives. He makes a birdie on 15, make it five under for the par fives. Birdie 16 and birdies 18 coming in. And so after a double bogey start for Rombo, he goes into the clubhouse after day number one. Tied for the lead with a first-round 65-7 under par. The question remaining is, will that be the overnight lead? Because you got a bunch of guys on the course right now that are putting up a lot of red numbers, and this is the day to score this year at Augusta. Yeah, good pick, by the way. Hey, Dad, uh, your guy's off to a, a start. Uh, so is my guy, Sam Burns, 500 through weight, but you're exactly right. And that was the, the common theme. I mean, Victor Hovland with uh, Scott Van Pelt after the round was like, got to score today uh, because the weather is going to impact the rest of the tournament. So you yep. you have got to score today. Conditions were and, and are still, I mean, they're still scoring, but uh, absolutely flawless. And it's going to change a, a lot over the next couple of days. So. Um, anybody that doesn't capitalize is going to set themselves back, but it looked like everybody besides Tiger that you wanted, to, and Rory's also struggling for what it's worth, but the, yeah. the rest of the stars are taking advantage the way you hoped that they would. Hey, Dad, have you have you locked in at all? Did, did you know that your boy John Rahm was uh, tied for the lead? I, I knew that Rahm was, was having a great day. I've watched a few holes here and there uh, on the Masters website. Um, and I saw that uh, Kevin Nah said Nah. He and said he's, Nah he's out. more. He played nine yeah, and out. then uh, shut it down. They they said an illness. He looked sick. Uh, I mean, physically, like you could see it uh, when he was walking down the second fair. I think it was the second hole. I mean, you. It, it looked like he was about to vomit. I'm serious. I'm, like I'm not being sarcastic. He looked ill. Like like he was just struggling to to be upright. Mm-hmm. So. You know, he was playing poorly, and people were getting off their jokes because he's kind of a jerk, uh, apparently, and he's a live guy, so the internet was having fun with his withdrawal. But and you he's could, slow. You could, he plays slow, but you could see on his face that he, something wasn't right, and he, it wasn't just because he wasn't playing well. All right, so Victor Hovland and John Rahm, both in the clubhouse at 65. Cam Young goes out and shoots a first-round five under 67. Brooks Kepka still on the course. He won last week on the Live Tour. He is five under through 15, so maybe Brooks has regained that confidence that was uh, so visibly shaken and was there for the whole world to see on the, the PGA Tour's, uh, oh, I say the PGA Tour, Golf's Netflix documentary, Full Swing. Um, Sam Burns, five under through eight. We just, uh, I wish that we could have played it in time. It just finished. This is the kind of stuff that needs to happen in broadcasting more. So you're seeing it more and more with baseball. Well, they'll they'll put a headpiece in on an outfielder and talk to yeah. him during play. Rory just did that walking up a fairway. He, he had an earpiece in and was talking to Jim Nance on the broadcast while he's walking up a fairway. How cool is that? I, I wish that we could have seen it, but like... Uh, 
that when I noticed it was happening, it was ending, so I couldn't pot up the audio for you guys to, to hear it, but an on-course during-play interview with a player while he's walking to his ball just happened. And, and golf broadcasts have been experimenting with that throughout the course of the year, but I feel like this is a different level when um, it happens at the Masters. Oh, it's still happening. You want to hear some? Sure. Let's hear from Rory. Got that pot up the hill, and you know, hopefully have a you know have a decent look at it. And um, you know, if I don't hole it, get it around the hole, and you know, start the start the back nine afresh. It's one of the beauties of Augusta National. We all know the golf course so well. As you're walking up the hill, you probably know the line on this putt already. Yeah, I should do if I can sort of see the ball. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's actually from from where it is. It's it's actually a pretty uh, it's actually a pretty straight putt. It actually might go a little bit left or right. It's coming off the bunker. Just a little taste. How cool is that? That's good stuff. It's good stuff. And I mean, if you don't care about you know putting lines or whatever, I get that maybe it's not as interesting to you. But that's um, that's an, uh, golf is trying, right? And and the PGA Tour and the Masters, which are kind of I hate to say this, but they're notoriously stodgy and set in their ways. the The live thing has pushed the PGA Tour to be edgier than it has ever been. The No Laying Up podcast has pushed CBS to try new things. Foreplay, the the golf barstool podcast, has pushed golfers to be out there a little bit more, to be a little more open, to be a little more human, and people seem to be gravitating to that. and And I think it's good for the game. A- absolutely, for anything to survive, I mean. You know, pro golf will always be fine, just like pro baseball, because you've got the purists that will always watch and, and always consume. There's always going to be an audience, but if you want to grow that and sustain in growth, you've got to get people that maybe aren't the purists to be interested. And for, for, from a baseball perspective, the, the faster games have helped. What was it? Every game last night was under three hours? Every single one? How about that? Uh, and then the the during game interviews and that captivates me as a non-baseball purist i imagine if you're not the biggest fan of golf but you have a day off tomorrow and you get to put on the broadcast and hear a player while he's walking up the fairway talk to the broadcast is something interesting that a casual fan can actually appreciate you learn little things when the players actually talk to you you know yeah yeah you're uh, you're right about that uh, Shane Lowry had a good first round. So did Xander Shoffley all at four under. Adam Scott uh, made, what, double bogey on 18 to shoot 68? Or maybe he just bogeyed 18. Uh, Joaquin Neiman's playing well. Uh, how about the amateur? Uh, Bennett, the reigning U.S. amateur champion, Sam Bennett, is uh, he's four under par at the turn. I was just telling Mike on the text line, that is the most aggressive player maybe of all time. I mean, Probably some hyperbole in there, but that kid has no fear. Just went at every pin, just every aggressive line, whatever, man. It's the Masters. I'm a college kid. Just let it fly. Jordan Spieth is four under. Gary Woodland is three under, still on the course. Scotty Scheffler at the turn. He's three under par, playing in the group with uh, with the amateur Sam Bennett we talked about just a second ago. Uh, Scott Stallings, you remember the guy who uh, they, they sent his invitation to the tournament to the yeah. wrong address? 
Well, they finally got it right, and uh, he's tied for 14th at two under par uh, after his first round. Same thing for Justin Thomas. we got plenty to get to with you this afternoon in Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Hey, it's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. Text line is open to you at 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Brad in Burnsville. What are the chances we get these baseball games in? Well, I cannot answer for Tuscaloosa. I am, I am not there. I am in Oxford at Swayze Field right now. They've got the tarp off. So I got here about... Quick, two, Lane Burroughs. Yeah. Uh, I got here about 220. And they pulled the tarp from the field shortly after I got here. I thought, honestly, what they were doing was just dumping it, and then they would pull it back on, but they are not doing that. They have pulled the tarp, rolled it up, put it away, and they've got work going on in the infield right now. Uh, And this may be more information than you care about. They are raking kind of the excess top layer of dirt and scooping it off the field right now. So there's somebody with a blower, and they're trying to blow the loose dirt because they've already put down one um, one round of diamond dry to try and dry it up, and then they're going back and they're scooping that up and getting it off the field. And there are 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, about 40 bags of drying agent that they've got that they're kind of putting on the front half of the dirt on the infield right now. They're going to try to play baseball tonight. And the forecast, frankly, is better than it was earlier in the day. Uh, It looks like around 7 o'clock tonight, and I know the game's supposed to start at 6.30, uh, it looks like there is a chance for some rain to come in, but it's kind of a light rain. And Borky, my guess is they're going to try to play through that. Um, Tomorrow night, it's going to rain a good bit during the day tomorrow, based on the forecast. Tomorrow night, looks like it's going to be okay. And then I think Saturday for the third game of the series, you know, they they should be all right. We'll, we'll see. Well, yeah, Saturday looks good, right? I mean, there's always the chance that if you have to, you can double up or whatever on Saturday. Yeah, does Saturday look good? I know Sunday looks great for Easter. Like, it's going to be 70 and sunny. But the other thing is it's cold. Isn't it um, against the rules to use four days to play a three-game series, though? That is correct. You cannot use Sunday. No, I was just saying, you, you were mentioning the forecast for I mean, Saturday, it's 64 with a chance of rain. You know how stupid that is, by the way? That you've got these series starting on Thursday, and weather coming in basically across the, the entire SC. I mean, the, the, it's not like it's just going to be a little rain in Oxford and Tuscaloosa. Like, it's moving across the south, uh, a pretty significant storm system or a rain system, I guess. And you have all these games starting on Thursday, and you've got great weather on Sunday. I know it's Easter. I'm going to participate in Easter festivities myself. It's an important day. I understand that. Sporting events do happen on Easter, and they can happen on Easter. Why the league would restrict these series' ability to use four days to make sure they get all their games in blows my mind. It doesn't make... You cannot make it make sense... 
when you're it, 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 like if it's a travel thing, you're dishing out fifty million dollars plus to all of these schools annually. Figure but, it out. Uh, figure it out. Uh, that that seems absurd. I mean, no. Hey, from uh, from Tuscaloosa uh, State, did they they did move first pitch up to five o'clock? Oh, okay. So that that yeah. game will uh, start off hour and a half. All right, so the hourly forecast for Tuscaloosa actually looks pretty decent. It, it's nice right now. The sun's out right now. Um, 7 o'clock tonight goes up to about a 50% chance of rain, you know, up into the 80% range in the 8, 9, 10 o'clock, and then kind of backs off a little bit later. So maybe they'll be able to get it in. Um, and, and I feel like here in Oxford, if there's a light rain, they're going to play through it. Um I think that's the plan. I will say that I don't know how much more it can handle, like the field. We've had a lot of rain drains. Well, we know that. Make your Lake Swayze jokes, hey, Dad. <laughs> I know there I don't are people, make those jokes. I know you don't. I, I, I know you don't, but they, they got that uh, figured out. Old so, Button Bianco at it again, scared of Arkansas. Yeah. Or something like that. Hey, I mean, that one might be legit. He might actually be a little afraid of Arkansas this week. Um, you want some numbers as it pertains to Mike Bianco and Dave Van Horn and Ole Miss and Arkansas? Uh, I've got some that I can uh, can share with you. Tonight is the 75th meeting between Mike Bianco and Dave Van Horn. No two coaches in SEC baseball history have faced each other more than these two guys have. Uh, it includes nine postseason meetings in the last three years. So the previous high, hey, Dad, you want to guess it? Surely you know. Previous high for two coaches playing against each other. It's got to be it's gotta be Polk and Burtman, right? That is correct. Uh, yeah. the, the difference there is with Polk, it was across, um, it was across two jobs. It was Mississippi State and Georgia. Yeah. So the previous high was, oh, I've got it here somewhere. It's like 66 games, and this is the 75th game that uh, Mike Bianco and Dave Van Horn have coached against each other. Uh, they are two of the five coaches in SEC history with 300 or more SEC wins. Borky, your turn on trivia. Can you name the other three? The other three coaches that have 300 or more SEC wins. Oh, gosh. Uh, I, I, hey, Dad would be better. All right, hey, Dad, I'll throw it at you. It's got to be Polk, Bertman. Yep. Yeah. And 300 SEC wins. Mm. This other one's going to sneak up on you. You're going to be like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Is that somebody I should know? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is not Paul Maneri. Wasn't there long enough. you got to think long-time SEC coaches. Tim Corbin. Ah, yeah, now I feel like an idiot. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you you were right. That did, that did get me. So yeah, the the five coaches in SEC baseball history with 300 wins in conference play: Mike Bianco, Dave Van Horn, Ron Polk, Skip Bertman, Tim Corbin. Uh, who do you think has the advantage in terms of wins between these two, Mike Bianco and Dave Van Horn? Bianco. It's Bianco by 10, 42-32. So, I mean, 
75 games coached against each other. That's incredible. It really is. And that the the stakes on all those games too, right? It's not like they just played against each other. It's I mean, last year with the national championship on the line. It's to all right, win here, the West, here, here to go, have a host, all that kind of stuff. All right, so it's the 110th meeting all-time between Ole Miss and Arkansas. Bianco and Van Horn have coached 68% of the games all-time played in the series. Wow. Arkansas is plus five in the all-time series, 57-52. 75th meeting between these two coaches. Bianco, 42-32. Nine postseason meetings in the last three years. Three in the College World Series, three in the SEC Tournament, three in a Super Regional. Um, since 2003, there have been a total of 16 postseason meetings between these two teams. Of those 75 games, there have been 24 one-run games and 37 games decided by either one or two-run games wow. with four going to extra innings. That's I mean, how's incredible. that for a series? I mean... There's pretty, an pretty, pretty tight. I mean, if you want to talk about rivalries in the SEC for baseball, baseball only, I feel like Mississippi State LSU should be one. Um, I don't know if there's another one that I would in state. Maybe set in state rivalries aside. Okay, Ole Miss yeah. Mississippi State. Yeah. That that obviously yeah. is a huge rivalry. But I'm just talking about two schools based on winning that have kind of built something that didn't previously exist. Mississippi State LSU is one of those. I think Ole Miss Arkansas is the next one in line. There's a little spice to that one. And yeah. it, it, it happens in football as well, which is when we have those permanent opponents conversation, I love this this new idea that it's going to be Arkansas instead of Vanderbilt because I want that game to be played every year because there's this spice to that game that you just yeah. outsiders probably don't know much about and obviously applies it's uh, a baseball as well. There's a little bit of extra juice on this game. A lot happening tonight uh, in the SEC. We'll go through the entire uh, list of games, the series that are, are happening this weekend. Also, uh, and we won't go like super, super deep in this, but this is worth a mention. The New Orleans Pelicans had a really big win last night. They almost made history. Did you see what happened? They were in control. <laughs> they almost gave it away. It went Richard. to overtime. They were up six with 11 seconds left. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't remember the exact number, but teams that were up six with fewer than 12 seconds left were 17,400, I think, <laughs> oh, no, in O. No. Wow. <laughs> they had never lost in 17,000 a few hundred tries and almost pulled it off last night. And had to have that one to get in the playoffs, is that right? Uh, it had to have that to needed to, it. To, you needed it. Didn't have to have it, but yeah, they, they needed that one last night uh, to, to make a lot of things easier. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We will pick up the baseball conversation uh, coming up next. Also, uh, Hunter Dawkins will join us at the end of the 3 o'clock hour. We'll talk some about that uh, Pelicans win over the Grizz last night. This is Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. 
on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Significant changes at Augusta. Hovland and Rom at seven under. Cam Young at five under. Kepka still on the course at five under through sixteen. Shane Lowry, Xander Shawfley, and Adam Scott all in the clubhouse at four under par after shooting sixty eights today in the uh, in the first round. We'll take a we'll, we'll keep you up to date with what's happening at uh, Augusta throughout the show this uh, this afternoon. Uh, full slate of games this uh, this weekend in the SEC. Mississippi State at Alabama. Arkansas here in Oxford to take on Ole Miss. Two must wins, right? If a turnaround's going to happen, yeah. Mississippi State has to win this series. If a turnaround's going to happen, Ole Miss has to win this series. The hole is as deep as it can go. Agreed. I would... I mean, yeah, I basically agree. I don't know if I would use must win, have to win. I would use something more along the lines of really need to win. Um, but yeah, you're running out of time. I mean, you 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 ha- you're getting to a spot where it's just too hard to to dig out of the hole. A series loss puts you at two and ten in the yep. SEC. And with yeah. State's more most difficult games ahead of them, and Ole Miss still has to play LSU. I know it gets easier after that, but they they still have those three. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you, you, when you say two and ten through four weeks, that leaves you with um, eighteen games. And I mean, what are you going to do? Go go thirteen and five after a two and ten start? That that seems unlikely. And that would be just to get to, to 500 in the league at 15 and 15. So, yeah, I mean, really got to, really need to. Not saying that it's impossible otherwise, but, man, it's hard if you don't win a series this weekend for both Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Is, I mean, this feels like a bait question, so I don't really – I mean, is it more likely for one or the other to get a series win? I mean, well, I mean, Arkansas State's is a playing Alabama, team. and yeah, yeah. It's, it it really is that simple. And State's pitching is as healthy as it's been, whereas Ole Miss still missing Hunter Elliott. Sure. Home versus road mean anything? Uh, yeah, Arkansas's yeah, playing at Tuscaloosa. Yeah. No, I mean, I didn't mean like because of an intimidating road environment. I mean, just generally speaking, right. you play better at home than you play on the road. Arkansas's played three road games all year. They played three road games, true road games. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Vandy at Missouri. I mean, if you're betting, you're betting on Vandy winning all three of those, aren't you? Yeah. What 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 is what is more likely? Vandy sweeps Missouri or Vandy wins the series? And Missouri gets a game. Which is more likely? Sweep. You buy that, Borky? I mean, think about saying that, right? 
Yeah. It's more likely that Vanderbilt sweeps Missouri than they only win the series and Missouri gets one game. The same Missouri team who swept Tennessee in Columbia on the opening weekend of the regular season. Didn't they get a starter back? Or, or won't they get a starter on the mound Missouri. back this weekend? They may. Uh, and had a couple of guys injured in that South Carolina series, right? Mm-hmm. Speaking of South Carolina, LSU in Columbia to take on South Carolina this weekend. Three games set in uh, at, at Founders Park in Columbia. This will be will this be the best atmosphere for a home series in Columbia in five years? Easily, gotta be. Maybe going all the way back to to the, their national championship years. I mean, this, this is a yeah. huge series, and they are. They are finally playing well. You know, it's been a long time. And they should get it for three days in a row. I mean, you, you know, you hope the weather cooperates and they're not dealing with cold and rain and all those good things. But that's a proud baseball fan base who's been really frustrated in recent years. And this is the this is the first prove it weekend of the year for South Carolina. Right? So they're eight and one in league play, but those eight wins have come, what, three against Georgia? Three against Auburn, two or three against Auburn, and who was the other that they had at home? Uh, it was Missouri. So they got three yeah. wins against Georgia, three wins against Missouri, and two against Auburn, if I remember that correctly. So now they got the number one right. team in the country rolling into their place, and they're going to play face Paul Skeens, and they're going to have to deal with Gavin Dugas, and they're going to have to deal with. Tommy Tanks this weekend, and Dylan Cruz, and the whole deal. Trey Morgan. We'll see. I mean, it's it's a big-time prove-it weekend. for. And look, if, if South Carolina loses the series, it's not like they're a bad team. But if they win that series, right. even though it's at home, holy cow, look out. You better pay attention to South Carolina at that point. Florida at Tennessee. Hmm. Two of the most likable head coaches in baseball. Mmm. Yeah. That's, that's two good baseball teams. Two good baseball teams. They are good. And two good they baseball good. coaches who happen to be very unlikable as well. Yeah, but, you know. It's just brutal this yeah. year. It's incredible yeah, it how is. good the East is this year. It is. And we didn't even mention Kentucky. Yeah. You, you, know, you know how little respect Kentucky gets? Hey, Dad, do you know how little respect? Yeah. Borky yeah. doesn't even put Kentucky series on the rundown of games this weekend. Did I miss that? I forgot. I must have. You don't even have Kentucky oh, on there. Oh, here's, here's why that, here's why that happened. They play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, don't they? Because I pulled up the Thursday, and they're not there. So <laughs> I, I knew that was the reason. I'm a big uh, anti-Wildcats guy. No, yeah. but I did. it cracked me up today. Will Levis is getting a private workout with the Colts today, or got a private mm-hmm. workout with the Colts today. I, I, I'm I'm becoming a Levis hater. I, I, I think he's kind of goofy, but I don't hate the guy. It's just the the fact that a bunch of million-dollar executives and GMs and scouts for a multi-billion-dollar team will put more weight on a workout in a T-shirt and shorts than they do the football games that he played will never not blow my mind. You've got him playing football on 
All 22 cam, sideline cam, where you can watch and digest every snap of actual football he played. But that goes out the window because you get to see him work out in a t-shirt and shorts, and that will be the deciding factor on whether or not they draft him. Just mind-blowing stuff. Yeah, but they've already made up their mind that they like him. Which also is mind-blowing considering when you put on the tape and watch him play. But, you know. Yeah. Anyway, but yes, Kentucky. I'm disrespecting Kentucky all around lately. Hey, by the way, forgive me. I I knew it didn't sound right when I was thinking South Carolina-Auburn. South Carolina-Mississippi State. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we're both not smart. Come on, hey, Dad. you got to help me out on that one. I need an assist there. Uh, So, yeah, South Carolina with its first league loss last week uh, against Mississippi State. There you go. So that's what South Carolina's done. So who does Kentucky play this weekend? Georgia. Kentucky's got Georgia. They have a chance. They have a. I mean, they're what eight and one. Mm -hmm. They have a really good chance to be. I mean, at worst, ten and two. I agree. I mean, you are well on your way to hosting at ten and two. No doubt. No doubt. Probably talking about hosting super regional. Talking about being a national seed if you can somehow keep that up. Yeah. Which is what a I job mean, by Mingione, Which is, I mean, this is a year Mingione, If he had to have it, he was going to get fired. Two guys. If, two, if two, they did, there were three in the league that were in trouble going yeah. into this season. Nick Mingione at Kentucky, uh, mm-hmm. Mark Kingston at South Carolina, Scott Strickland mm-hmm. at Georgia. Nick Mingione is in good shape. Mark Kingston, you got to navigate this thing, but he appears to be in really good shape. Scott Strickland, mm-hmm. mm, not in good shape. That was all that was in trouble. You sure? Going into you this sure about year, that? going into this year, yes, I am sure that's all that was in trouble. Going into the year. Okay. I mean, I mean going. Come on now, that that's not. I I am telling you right now that going into this year, I knew that if hey, if he's not better, he's in trouble. Better than last in the league, but we didn't think he was going to be last in the league going into the season. But did that's, we? that's that's not the point, though. The point is that, that that caveat existed that if he had a bad season, Lamonis would be in trouble. Here we are. Yeah, I mean, I guess. <sighs> I don't. I didn't believe it was going to be a bad year. Me either. But here we are. Yeah, and, and and I think that's why I wasn't in the trouble in the off season thing. But yeah, here we uh, here we are. And and look, I mean, I I don't know how everybody else feels. I'm pulling for the guy. I like Chris Lavonis. I hope he turns it around. We'll see. He might lose their job, especially a, yeah. a good dude, and he's a good dude. So we'll see how it works out. Sports Talk Mississippi. Hunter Dawkins will join us next. We'll talk a little Pelicans, maybe just a little touch of Saints as well as we wrap up the 3 o'clock hour on this Thursday. It's a place for crazy people. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. White 
the night in New Orleans last night as the uh, the Pelicans got a big win over the Memphis Grizzlies as we get to the end of the regular season. Playoffs about to begin. Let's talk a little bit about that with uh, Hunter Dawkins, who has the Gazebo Gazette. You can read his work online at supertalk.fm. Hunter, good to have you again on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. What a game last night with the Grizz and the, uh, and the Pelicans. I tell you what, momentum is changing every day. It's up and it's down one day. You know, we lose to Sacramento. The, the guys, uh, the Pelicans at least lose on uh, a pretty tough, tough uh, home start and then come back last night and just take it to two. All 30 guys, three guys with uh, 30 points, it's, uh, it's certainly a good thing. Yeah, that's a that's a good night, and then it, it almost wasn't right. I mean, uh, Borky was running through the uh, the numbers just a second ago in terms of uh, a team. Borky, what was it up up six with eleven seconds to go, or up nine? What what was uh, the number? It was up six with eleven seconds to go, and teams previ- previously were seventeen thousand four hundred plus and O in that situation. Hundred, it, it almost was uh, and one. That's it. That's the way the Pelican season's gone, pretty much, from the standpoint. Uh, you know, hopefully we're getting Zion back soon, but then again, you have to look at it from this way. With the chemistry and the momentum that we have right now with this group of guys, do we really, do they really need this uh, platform at the moment? Yeah, it's always you try and figure that out, right? I mean, do you want an absolute superstar back on the floor, or have you kind of figured something out in terms of the way things are going and the way the games are being played? Uh, what is the – I mean, so so it's the, the play-in tournament where it looks like the Pels are headed. If you look at their chances of, of getting into the, the big tournament, if you will, uh, and then if they do, the possibility of winning a series, how do you handicap it? Well, so what you have to look at first, you definitely want to be 7th or 8th. You don't want to be any bit lower than that because if you're 9 or 10, you're pretty much starting off right at the, the lowest level of the, of the playoffs. However, uh, if you're 7th and 8th, that gives you a little bit better perspective at least matching up with Denver or Memphis. Now, Memphis obviously has been seeing people, but Denver – even though they, they've sat the Joker, they've looked a little bit lackluster, at least from as up to right now. Yeah. It's always interesting to see how teams round into form throughout the course of the years. I mean, the Lakers, hey, Dad, were as dead as dead could be, and now all of a sudden that old guy that uh, that leads them seems to have gotten a little bit of life. Uh, I, I know that, that, hey, Dad, just he's going to not comment when I make a LeBron reference um, <laughs> at all. Um uh, so what's left? Is it one game left regular season? Is that right? There's, there's two games left. Two left. Okay. Pretty, pretty much, I think for every team, they uh, but for the Pelicans, they have one home game Friday night against the New York Knicks, which the New York Knicks have clinched their first playoff. Well, they've been in the playoffs before, but that's this is the first time they clinched in quite a while. I'm not exactly sure the numbers, but then the last game is against the Timberwolves in Minnesota. That could be tested depending on what uh, where the Timberwolves are at. Plus, you know, if if the Pelicans have the chance to get a six to win and uh, to get the sixth spot with the win, you better believe that's going to have some uh, some definitely some intensity in it. 
Yeah, no, no question about that. So in terms of what the Pels have got to do to guarantee um, that they are in uh, in good shape, because right now they're sitting in that eight spot. There's no – right, so they're going to be in, right? That Last night locked them in for sure. They're going to be in if, if there's a loss tonight by either the Timberwolves yeah, I believe the Timberwolves are the determining factor. Okay. If they lose a game, then, then the Pels are in 7th or 8th. But the Pels want to win out just in case with the Clippers, who the Pels have the tiebreaker on, and the Golden mm. State, who they have the tiebreaker on. But the Lakers have the tiebreaker on the Pels. So it's kind of a flip-flop, flip-flop. However, if they just want all out, you know, uh, it's, it is with the NBA – Winning is the only answer to everything. So. Yeah, and and so it's at five and six currently in the standings. You got the Clippers and the Warriors at forty two and thirty eight, and then you got the Lakers and the Pelicans both at forty one and thirty nine. Everybody with two games still to play. Hunter, um, yes, anything happening on the uh, on the Saints front as we sit here in what's a, a pretty quiet time leading up to the draft of the league? Well, as you know, the free agency market is jumping off the off the court. Every single day there was trade-ins, trade-outs, picking up restructuring, this guy, that guy. However, um, it's kind of slowed a little bit, and now the Saints are taking in a lot of different guys for uh, a little bit of pre-draft. Uh, you know, they, they've they been able to talk with the Tennessee guys, the Ohio State guys, go to the pro days, kind of shape out what they're looking. Me, personally, I think that they need to, to look into – maybe trading up at least on a few okay. different fronts because they've got eight picks and there's a lot of people that can use other picks, whereas alone the Saints may may end up being in a position to get somebody good. However, I'm not the front office, so I don't make those decisions. So. All right. We will uh, we will talk about that the next time we visit. Hunter Dawkins from the Gazebo Gazette. Read it online at supertalk.fm. Have a good weekend, Hunter. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your all-access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations. We are coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. You can visit them online at Pearl River Resort or visit them in person inside the Golden Moon at the sports book. Alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. We'd love for you to join us if you want. If you're interested, if you are so inclined, on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Whether you're looking for fiber to the home, help with business IT solutions, or digital wireless service, C Spire has an answer for you. You can visit them online at cspire.com or visit one of the C Spire stores all across the state of Mississippi. We are glad that uh, you are with us this afternoon. Let's take a quick look at the Masters leaderboard. You've got three players now at 7-under. Three different guys have gone out and shot 65 in the first round. One of them, Victor Hovland. He went out this morning, played really, really well. John Rahm double-bogeyed his first hole and then was great the rest of the way. So he was 9-under 
on his 17 holes after number one. And then some guy named Kepka. Wow. Brooks Kepka finishes with back-to-back birdies on 17 and 18. He made birdies on 2, 3, 7, 8, 12. He bogeyed 13. Borky hit it left. Yeah, yanked it left and also missed a putt to bad hole for him. He was cruising otherwise. Yeah, so what? It was the tee shot was left left of the hazard and then he hit it into the hazard and then on the green and there was a penalty stroke in there and missed a putt. So he made a bogey on the par 5 13th, but he finished out with birdies on 15, 17 and 18 for a 7 under par 65. Brooks Kepka and I know we've referenced a couple of times the, the full swing documentary. He was clearly down in terms of confidence, like did not believe in himself at all, just kind of lost that, and even said at one point, if I can just get it going a little bit, he can find it again. And it's amazing. For somebody with that level of talent, sometimes it just takes something to click, and boom, they're right back there. Maybe that's what we've got with uh, with Brooks Kepka, who won uh, at Live last week, and he's tied for the lead after the first round right now. Uh, Cam Young shoots a 67. You've got uh, Shane Lowry, Xander Shoffley, Adam Scott all in the clubhouse at four under par, on the course at four under par. Gary Woodland, Sam Bennett, the amateur champ, uh, Sam Burns as well, and then a big group at uh, at three under and two under uh, as well. So that's your Masters leaderboard. We'll keep an eye on that as we move throughout the show this afternoon. But right now, we're going to throw you a little bit of a curveball. You normally know that uh, you, you know that normally on Fridays at 5:20, we bring you a Food Friday presented by Polk's Polk's Meat. You can find them online at polksmeat.com. Not only are we moving it up a day, we're moving it up an hour and or so. And that's because Mississippi State baseball gets uh, started at 5 o'clock. Their pregame show will begin at uh, at 4.30 this afternoon. So we want to get the Polk's Meat Food Friday on a Thursday to you right now. When you go to the grocery store, make sure that you're looking for Polk's Meat products. If you can't find them, find the manager of the meat department and tell him that you want to buy Polk's at his establishment, his meat department, because picky people pick Polk's. So we've got Easter weekend. A lot of folks are off tomorrow, which means a little extra time on the grill or around the house if you'd like. Then you got the long weekend. Uh, a lot of people doing Easter. They'll, they'll do Easter lunch at, at home on Sunday. Maybe it's a family gathering, family and friends gathering. So a lot of opportunity to cook over the next 72 hours or so. So we will start with you fellas and ask what's on the grill this weekend. And by the way, we'd love to hear from you as well on the ceasefire text line. What are your cooking plans over the Easter weekend? Uh, Borky, let's change it up. Let's start with you today. What, what, what's going on the grill this weekend? What are the cooking plans? I want the record to reflect that uh, we will be attending church on Masters Sunday. I will not be skipping church to watch the Masters. Uh, just just want, want the record to reflect that. But, Leaders don't go off to like one thirty or two on Sunday. Right, but you, you get Amen Corner and the feature groups. And it's just, I'm missing all that to go to church, and I'm gonna feel good about it when it's over. And then we're doing the cheesiest thing that we could possibly do. Pun not intended. Uh, we're, we're gonna pretend like we're at Augusta. Uh, my wife is making uh, homemade pimento cheese. Okay. She found a recipe that she loves. Uh, we're gonna do that. Uh, we're gonna make Arnold Palmer's. May he rest in peace. We are going to even try to find 
peach ice cream and make peach ice cream sandwiches out of cookies and mash them together and watch the Masters wearing Masters gear sitting in our living room in Madison, Mississippi because why not? And it's going to be great and I'm going to love every second of it and it's cheesy as can be but you know sometimes cheesy's fun and we're going to have fun. So that's what we're doing. All right, do you, do you have you, any uh, kind of Masters gear? You do it for every James? year. If you do it every year, Borky, it could become a tradition unlike any other. Unlike any other. Mm. Oh yeah. Hello, friends. Thank you for being my friend. Hey, have you got a uh, have you got a caddy bib for James? Travel down the road. No, and back I again. should get one though, shouldn't I? That you can order those. Yeah, you can order those in kids sizes. I need to get one. And and then you can double it up. Not only can he wear it on uh, on Master Sunday when you guys are sitting around, and he doesn't care about the golf that you care about, but uh, he can wear it for for Halloween. You get the Halloween costume taken care of this year as well. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, Halloween, but you know what? I would love to send him to church in the little the the, the <laughs> Sunday school wing, rocking a Masters caddy caddy outfit. All these Madison moms that put their little boys in like those monogrammed outfits that you know when they turn sixteen they're going to regret wearing. Uh, no, that would have nothing on the caddy robe that I would have my kid in, and I would show up all of the Madison parents that try to show us up every Sunday. Uh, all right, so. I would say that the monogrammed and smocked outfits are okay. It's just you can't push it past a certain age. It, it's the moms that get a six-year-old little boy to try and wear the, um, you know, like the the tall knee socks with the monogram deal and the smock. Six and seven years old. That's too old for for that. Yeah. That that's uh that's like two, three, four-year-old thing. Yeah, you kind of kind of grow. The boys, I think, grow out of that at four. You can go a little farther with that with girls. Buddy, we love monogramming around here. I mean, you should have seen the uh, the Easter egg hunt. The amount of custom-made, not not like a bucket with like a name made with stickers. I'm talking about a wicker basket with like this liner in it, and this liner wrapped around the outside of the basket with sewn on, etched in names and initials and all that stuff on these Easter baskets for the Easter egg hunt. I, I mean, hey, I just... Can, 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 I, can I encourage you to tread lightly? Just in case my wife's listening. I, I just was flabbergasted. Like, wait, I, James was carrying around a 99-cent little bucket that we got at Walgreens because it's a three-year-old Easter egg hunt. It's not like he knows his name's on the thing. Yes, we have a we have a wicker Easter basket with the liner in it that's monogrammed. <laughs> Promise. Promise. <laughs> hey Dad just shook his head and said, Woo <laughs> Okay. There you go. Uh all right, so Masters food for the Borky family yeah. on Sunday. I like it. I like it a lot. Brian, hey Dad, what are the uh, what are the cooking Small plans point. this weekend for uh, for your crew? I just want to point out that he's not grilling anything, and you didn't make fun of him. So I just want to point that out. Well, that I wondered. Happened. I kept thinking that at some point he was going to tell me that he was um, that, that he was going to throw a Boston butt on the uh, on the smoker so that he do. could do some barbecue sandwiches, a la a la Augusta's concession yeah, stands. But it's just there, there's not a lot of us. I think just her parents are are, are going to come over. So you know, there's only so much it's double standards. That's all I'm saying. On this, on this, on the show. Hey, Dad, what are you putting on the grill this weekend? Pork chops. I Ooh, got five yes. big, thick pork chops that I'm going to cook up uh, this weekend. I may have also bought a package of Polk's original smoked sausage. Yeah, you know, just just for Maybe. the heck of it. 
Maybe. Maybe. So, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to do like a little Greek thing. No tzatziki sauce this time, though, Richard. You, you, mm. Nobody ate it last time. It was a big old waste of time. <sighs> so good, so pork chops, pork chops, some couscous, and uh, I'm going to do some roasted potatoes. We'll, we're going to double starch it this weekend. Is this for a uh, for a Saturday meal, or is that the Easter Sunday meal? What, what's the po- Saturday, Saturday. So Sunday will be a ham. Jennifer always cooks a ham on Easter Sunday. When you say thick cut pork chops, how, how thick are we are we talking? Are we, are we talking like the one inch, the one? Well, I got, and a half, I got like five the, chops. The one and three. Quarter? I got five chops that were five chops that were three and a half pounds total. So. Well, I mean. Thanks for telling me the weight, but I was talking about the thickness. I mean, what, can you put it? I mean, I don't, I don't know. You have a ruler. It's an. I, I get told a lot that it's an audio medium. So you know, yeah. me doing this number right here, we, we've got video. I don't I'll know that that button. really helps. Yeah, like I don't. You I know, don't I'm know. just gonna screenshot I, I mean, the, just just that right there and. Yeah, just right yeah. right there. There you go. Um, Which one of us is Hey Dad referring to? I just have to be honest with you. I have no idea. We we are going to light up the grill this weekend. It's going to be on Saturday. I have no idea what's going on in the grill, though. Uh, no idea yet. I'll think on that during the break, and we'll hit it when we come back. We'll also get to some of your submissions for uh, your cooking plans for the Easter weekend. When we come back, Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Talk Jackson 97.3. Opening in Mississippi sports. You'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi with you Thursday afternoon. We are getting closer to baseball in uh, in Tuscaloosa, especially where Mississippi State and Alabama are going to play game one starting at 5 o'clock. That was originally, what, a 6.30 start tonight, hey, Dad, and they moved it up an hour and a half. Is that right? I don't remember if it was 6 or 6.30, but, yes, it, yes. it moved it up. Pre-game, you know, probably lose us. A lot of the stations are going to lose us in just a minute. Yep, uh, pregame show will start at 4.30, and uh, first pitch is at 5 o'clock tonight for uh, Mississippi State and Alabama. Game one of a three-game series in Tuscaloosa at Sewell Thomas Stadium. We are, uh, what, uh, about two hours and ten minutes away from first pitch tonight for Ole Miss and Arkansas at Swayze Field. They have uh, gotten the field looking fantastic. Pulled the tarp about 2.45. Uh, grounds crew did a ton of work on the infield. It looks Spectacular right now, and you actually got Ole Miss taking batting practice right now. So not only are uh, they planning on playing tonight at Swayze in Oxford, but uh, looks like both teams are going to be able to take batting practice on the field as uh, as well. Um, quick peek at the Ceasefire text line for some of uh, your plans on the grill or at the table for the weekend. It's all brought to you by Polks. You can find them online at polksmeat.com. Remember, no buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polks. Easter ham, twice-baked potatoes, Hawaiian-style baked beans, stuffed eggs, Sister Schubert's rolls, sweet tea. Yum. Yeah, sure. That that there that would qualify as a traditional Easter lunch. When you say stuffed eggs, 
Does that mean deviled eggs? But Got to, right? But maybe we call them stuffed eggs on Easter? Like, just out of respect? Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. How can they be uh, stuffed if they're halved, though? That doesn't even make well, sense. You still put a, you put a, you put a filling in there. Yeah, yeah, but it's not a filling. It's it's more of a topping because you're not... Well, you There's fill, a hole. You, you fill the hole than the it, half of the egg. It, it's it's more of like... Oh, uh, you're no. picking nits, Borky. You're picking yeah, but, nits. But no, deviled you're eggs being... make sense. Stuffed eggs, because you're not stuffing the egg. You're topping the egg. Mm. And you're repurposing it because you're taking what was already in that half of an egg and just putting it back in there with a little extra. I think you're being well, actually, guy, just for the sake of being I'm, well, actually. I'm really guy. just diving into semantics just for fun. Uh, Daniel agrees, Borky, that your plan is a great one for Sunday. Says that sounds like a heck of a Sunday. Uh, Kelso and Ocean Springs, y'all, I've sent my kids to an Easter egg hunt with a Walmart bag before. Yeah, I mean, 99 cents was, was James's bucket at the Easter egg hunt, and it, it functioned all the same, I think. Uh, this text has nothing to do with food. I worked for an airline refueling company in 2001 and got invited to the Masters to work all of the private aircraft that were coming into the local airport. Met a lot of cool people. Tiger Woods, Jimmy Buffett, Phil Mickelson. We could not take pictures for some reason, though, on the tarmac. That's from Evan. Yeah, for, for some reason. <laughs> wonder why. Most of those people like their privacy, especially uh, in their private aircraft setup. Uh, Borky, you described the Easter baskets that my wife just bought for both of our kids. It's a thing, man. I, oh, I know it's a thing. I saw them. I just I did not know it was a thing until I saw them. I was more taken aback by the effort that was put into a basket to pick up eggs stuffed with uh, Tootsie Roll. I, I was just surprised. It just seemed like a lot of effort. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Aaron from uh, Madison says fried rabbit and gravy over rice in honor of the Easter Bunny. Ooh. In honor of the Easter Bunny. The Smiths you know, will be that's having... That's how you honor somebody, but... Yeah, I know. The, uh, the Smiths will be having... He knows the secret. <laughs> it's like Arkansas fans eating, like, whole hog before games. Like, that, that feels morbid. But usually... Yeah, I always, like... The other way around, right? If you're playing Arkansas, yeah. you eat hog. You, eat, you do a pork butt, you do a pig. But if Arkansas you, if, fans should be eating beef every weekend. Right. If you've got pork sausage and butt and stuff at, in ribs at your Arkansas fan tailgate, it, it it's like cannibalism. What are you doing? Yeah, but I mean, the good, people of Arkan, the good people of Arkansas want to want to enjoy the uh, the fine delicacy that is pork as well. That they want to enjoy it and then go take pictures in front of one. Yeah. That has a name. They've named what they're eating. Never name what you're about to eat. Never name your food. Yeah. The Smiths will be having fried catfish with fries and homemade onion rings. Yum. Yum. Cannot go wrong. Here we go. BJ and Hattiesburg Sunday menu. Ham, roast with potatoes and carrots. Our garden peas and green beans, potato salad, Hawaiian rolls, pecan pie, or pecan if you prefer, and a fruit tray. That's from BJ in Hattiesburg. He's going ham and Nobody roast. prefers pecan. Nobody know. prefers that. Lee, Lee Corso does. Well, he's the only one. Um, ham and a roast. Yeah, two, two meats. Nothing wrong with two meats. 
Do those two meats go together, though? You can put any two meats together. You can do however you like to do it. Uh, what two it? meats don't go together? Ham and roast, maybe. Uh, slap them both on a plate for me, man. Yeah, I'm not saying I wouldn't eat ham them. Ham and fish? Just, I, yeah, I like yeah, ham, a good one. ham and turkey, I feel like, go together. You know, you have, I don't know, whatever. Here's another one. A, a suggestion to uh, change them to loaded eggs. That makes sense. As opposed to stuffed right. eggs. Sure. Uh, we got a big old pot of boiled shrimp. Said he, uh, Dwayne and Brandon says there's some uh, pork sausage that's buried in there as well. Very good. Uh, Clyde, a good pork chop is about an inch or an inch and three-quarter center cut with a bone in. My name is Clyde. I'm from West Point. Thank you, Clyde from West Point. I agree. Although I would say that there is a big difference in an inch and an inch and three quarters on a on a pork chop. I mean, you're talking about almost doubling the thickness of said pork chop. A pecan is what you had under your bed. It's true. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day. What? When you know when there Back wasn't in indoor plumbing, day? you know you like, get out like, of bed and you walk outside. What? What? Are you, <laughs> what's wrong with people? You know, some people don't want to go. Some people don't want to go. Yeah, in prison, you just keep it down there. Or just hold it. <laughs> I mean, in prison. You know, when I when I was in the clink. Oh, we're glad to be with you. <laughs> Having a good time on this Thursday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk brought to you in part. By Genteel Apparel. Find them online at genteelapparel.com. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Don't forget about the Collegiate Collection. It's available online and at retailers all across the great state of Mississippi where uh, you can get your team's gear on uh, on golf shirts and pullovers and uh, stuff that really looks good will help you look your best when you go to the ballpark this spring or go to the stadium this fall. Genteel Apparel, genteelapparel.com. Porky, what's your favorite part of the Masters? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, favorite part of the Masters? I, I, let me give you mine while you the, think. The, the pin position on 16 on Sunday. Okay. Where they that's... hoist it up in the middle of the green and the ball just ever so slowly works its way down to that that tucked away pin. I love the, the suspense of how slow that ball moves from the middle of the green down to that pin. Is awesome. That's my favorite part. I think that that that's very specific, and that's fine. I, I guess I was thinking a little more generally, and to me, it's the familiarity, right? You know, whether whether you've been to Augusta or you have only watched it on television, you hear the announcers say some of the same things every single year. Like television doesn't do it justice as to just how hilly this place is, but it's it's the holes, right? I, I mean. When you have a golf course that the, the U.S. Open, for example, rotates between different golf courses, and you know it's at Pebble Beach one year, and so maybe you remember some of the holes at Pebble Beach, but do you remember all the holes at Oakmont? Do you remember the holes when they they take it to Aaron Hills, or when they go to another East Coast course, or it's at Bethpage Black? It's like you really have to review. But it's like an old friend when you're talking about Augusta. It's like you know exactly where the tee shot is on number one and where you don't want to miss. You know what they're going to try and do on number two. They're going to try and cut the corner. 
you know when they get to amen corner, what, what you're looking for and what the right places are. And, the, you know, I, I think it's part of the reason that you see guys play well or, or guys who play well at Augusta, you, you see their name on the first couple of pages of the leaderboard every year because of that familiarity. Like Freddie Couples today shot one under. I mean, he, he can't compete with these guys anymore. Nope. Nope. But but it feels like every year Fred Couples is in that like sixty eight to seventy two range for the first two days and he's right there around the cut line. Yeah. And people love watching Freddie. He's the best. I had a, the pleasure of meeting him once and he was what I was hoping he would be. See on um on Twitter, Shane Bacon, who covers golf, says something that Morky said earlier. Huge, huge, huge shout-out to Rory and Max for doing these walk-in talks. It'd be very easy to say no, especially when you aren't playing anywhere close to what you expected, yet you still give us this incredible insight. Very cool that they've bought into this. I think we all agree about that. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Again, rolling along on this Thursday afternoon on Sports Talk Mississippi. Glad, as always, to be with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl, uh, Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by M-Trade Park. You can find them online at mtradepark.com. Go there and see the full schedule of events, whether you're looking for U-Triple-S-A baseball tournaments, fast pitch events, or soccer. And there's some big-time soccer coming to M-Trade Park in April. Excuse me. Sorry, I don't have a cough button with the uh, way I'm set up today. Uh, If you're involved in uh, planning uh, your son or daughter's schedule, maybe you're a coach, maybe you're uh, a parent acting as a general manager, whatever it is, then uh, you can uh, check out the website, mtradepark.com, 14 synthetic surface infields with natural grass outfields, so weather, unless there's lightning, just not an issue at the uh, ballpark. The soccer fields, uh, in terms of the playing surface, are absolutely second to none. If you're going to play, play mtrade. Visit them online at mtradepark.com. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you this afternoon. I'm at Swayze Field. Haydad is in uh, in Starkville, Borky, of course, in Jackson. The uh, the leaderboard, eight of the top nine scores are done for the day. Victor Hovland, John Rahm, and Brooks Kepka all shooting first-round 65s. They are seven under par. Cameron Young in the clubhouse at five under after shooting 67. Jason Day has had a nice finish to his round. He is through 17 and is five under so uh, could uh, could finish it off, uh, perhaps one shot off the lead if he can birdie 18. Shane Lowry with four under 68. Same thing for Xander Shoffley, Adam Scott, and uh, Gary Woodland. The amateur Sam Bennett continues to uh, to play well, Borky. He is four under, had a birdie on one, an eagle on two, and a birdie on six. He does not have a bogey on the scorecard. We are talking about an amateur who is making his Augusta debut. Looks like the long lost son of Dabo Sweeney as well. I mean, they are the they are the same. If you look at their side by side faces, it looks just like Dabo. It, it is it's shocking, but uh, he's fun. I mean, he's really fun. Plays fast, hits the ball hard. 
Uh, the, the weather's going to be a factor in this thing, though, man. I, I'm kind of excited to see what happens. So tomorrow it's going to be windy. Apparently, uh, I'm looking at the forecast right now, Not the, the rain and thunderstorms aren't going to come until later in the day, but you, you've got wind that's going to come through. And then Saturday, it's a 100% chance of rain. It is going to rain, uh, possibly heavy, 15-mile-an-hour winds, up to 20 miles per hour, one inch of rain into Saturday night as well. So it's going to come in tomorrow night, but all day Saturday is going to be impacted, and that'll change things because the guys aren't going to score like this with 15 to 20-mile-an-hour winds and rain falling. So better get it in now and tomorrow morning. Yeah, and, and professional golfers would tell you the rain's not the issue, right? The, the wind is the issue for them. They, they can handle the rain as long as it's not just a torrential downpour. It's the wind that makes things so uncertain. You know, Augusta's a little bit of a mixed bag. It's not immune to rain. It will make the golf course softer. It will make the greens a little more receptive. But if there is a golf course that can handle rain without just turning into a soggy mess, that's the one. The, uh, the, the air filtration system that they have that runs not just on the greens, but the entire course. Uh, Borky, I don't know if you – have you ever been there when it's been turned on? Have you ever heard it? I've never – I don't think I heard it. So it's it's quiet-ish, but, I mean, if you know what you're listening for, you can kind of hear like a, a low hum, and it's that, um, it's that air system is pumping air all throughout the soil, uh, kind of loosening it up enough that the rain really is able to soak through, and then you've got the air moving that helps dry it up a little bit. It's pretty uh, pretty incredible to uh, to see that in action. But if it rains a lot, a soft golf course is a soft golf course, and it will be more receptive uh, than it would be otherwise. I, does that off, Is that offset, though, by the wind and the cooler temperatures, it, making it harder to score? Yeah, especially if it's 15 to 20. I mean, that's... That's the the amazing thing about this place is, as you mentioned earlier, the familiarity. Now they make some tweaks here and then, like 13's gotten a, a little bit bigger, a little bit longer, I should say. They they widen their fairway on 11, so you had slight changes here or there, but it's the same place every year. They yeah. could make it so much more difficult, and they choose not to. I mean, the fairways are wide, the rough is not uh, penalizing really at all. If you add a uh, 15 to 20 mile an hour winds. These guys are going to struggle, and they don't they, they don't set it up to make them struggle like U.S. Opens do, and they could. This is one of the, the interesting things about that place. They don't try to make them stink, and it's still that difficult. Well, I was listening to uh, to some of the analysts on oh, I guess Masters Radio um, yesterday or the day before, and. They were talking about the change to um, to 13, and there was some debate as to, you know, good decision or not. Most everybody seems to like the change on 13, but the flip side of the argument was having a golf course that, if somebody is playing lights out, allows for somebody either chasing or in the lead to go out and shoot 30 on the back nine on Sunday... It's pretty cool, right? You've got two eagleable, tough word there, par fives on the back. You can go risk reward on twelve. You can flirt with the creek. I mean, Jack says if you want to win the tournament, you hit it in the middle of the green on on twelve. But you sometimes see guys fire at the pin and and win or lose the Masters right there. Yeah, I mean it's very much risk reward. As Jordan Spieth. 
and the risk is incredibly high. Yeah. But, you know, you, you got a chance there. Yeah, Scheffler had like 225 in uh, earlier, and, and he smoked it off the tee. So still, still a chance. I, I do like that. Uh, so it was Tiger and I believe Cam Young. Or not Cam Young. Um, who was the third in their group? It was Xander Ti- Shoffley. Shoffley. Uh, missed and, it right. And uh, Tiger and him both missed it right into the first cut, and both of them laid up. Uh, so they got penalized for for hitting a bad drive. Whereas, you know, last year and, and years past, the the drive would have been so far up that they still would have taken a shot at it. I like that at least, you know, that not everybody's just firing into a par five almost indiscriminately. Ceasefire text lines: Are state fans supposed to be out there eating black bear before every egg bowl? No, just don't eat bulldogs before the game. Oh. That's all, or or any time. Well, right, but we just get we just get a big tray of cold chicken tenders. I mean, you know they make our, uh, devices I, I, to keep stuff warm. Like I, I would, they come in these little cans, and, and and it's just yeah, I've seen them. S- yeah. Sterno with chafing dishes. I think is the uh, the verbiage That's what that you're, called. you're looking for there. Um, our kitchen was out of commission this morning. Had a little issue that's having to be fixed, and so I went and picked up Chick Fil A for uh, for the kids this morning before school. And there were a couple of chicken minis that were left. And I, I looked over in the passenger seat of my truck about three hours later. Hey, Dad, and you know what was good? That leftover chicken cold minis. chicken. It was great. Absolutely. It was yeah. absolutely fantastic. Um, you get this on the ceasefire text line. Was listening to good conversation, and now I've got this baseball. Mm, sorry, contractual obligations. Forgive us. It happened. Well, uh, there's a good suggestion: shark steak. Yeah, shark steak's good. Fried shark. But the issue is not Arkansas fans like picking meat for their opponent. It's that they eat their own mascot before their games. That's what I'm talking about. They are getting ready to go watch hog football while eating hog. They're calling the hogs in the stadium. Woo, pig, suey. They have, I mean, it's all over their shirts and everything, and they're eating it. That's the issue. Yeah, but they might argue that they're not eating wild hog. They're eating like a a suckling pig or something like that. The same thing. I mean, same, same family, same family structure there, but... Not exactly the same. I, I don't know. I'm trying to give them an out here. You, you guys are being tough on the Razorback fans and their uh, uh, their their chosen. We're just saying. It's We're like saying South anything. Carolina fans shouldn't eat chicken before games either because you're eating your own mascot. RC, did you start another kitchen fire? I've never started a kitchen fire before. You might be thinking about the dumpster fire, but no, no kitchen fire. Uh, yeah, just had an issue with the, uh, the the garbage disposal yesterday that led to a uh, punctured pipe, uh, a little bit of a leak, and then in the process, uh, it's, a, it's an older house, and we found uh, that there were some things that needed to be replaced. But they had to clean it out first, like jet it out, and the whole day, it just, it's a mess. Uh, it's all going to be good, though. All, all gonna be, thank, thanks to my boy, uh, to Cowboy, and, uh, and and Greg Conley's guys for uh, for taking care of it for me. Shout out there. Um, there you go. Texas fans do not eat beef before a game. Is that true? Like, is that a thing for Texas fans, or are we just adding to the conversation? That should be a thing if it's not. Any word on the Ole Miss game tonight because of the weather? Well, 
Um, Ole Miss is finishing up no bad practice. That Texas fans don't eat beef before games? You're not going to convince me Texas fans aren't eating brisket before a football game. There's no way on this earth in Austin, <laughs> Texas, the capital of brisket, that brisket isn't getting eaten at a Texas tailgate. No chance. I, maybe they do pork brisket. <laughs> no, That's a it's thing, not a but, thing. You know. uh, yeah, Ole Miss finished up BP. Arkansas is getting That's loose in the outfield. Hopefully the uh, Wayne will co- uh, rain will cooperate. We'll be right back. Sports talk in the state. It's the best thing. Say that again. We the best on three. One, two, three. We the best. Sports talk, Mississippi. Super talk, Mississippi. His eyes are cold and restless. Wounds have almost healed. She'd give half a Texas just to change the way he feels. She knows his love's in Tulsa, and she knows he's gonna go. Well, it ain't no woman, flesh and blood, it's that damn no road he goes. Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and of course on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon. A reminder that tomorrow's show will be a, a best of Sports Talk Mississippi. So you get a sample of some interviews and some conversations that we've had in uh, in recent weeks, and uh, we will be off with our families tomorrow for uh, Good Friday. We are looking forward to that. Hope you will uh, will cut us a little slack on uh, not being live tomorrow afternoon. I don't know that any of you are particularly worried about that, but uh, if you are, a little bit of grace for us. Uh, we appreciate it. We're looking forward to the day off. Right, Hey Dad? And if you aren't, if you aren't willing to cut us any slack, oh well, cut us a check. Yeah. You, you want us to work tomorrow? When, when the what com- are you going to do about it? When the company, when our employers tell us not to, write us a check, and we'll do it. Our uh, our listeners, all of you, are nothing if not witty. Kelso in Ocean Springs. So you're saying Brewers fans shouldn't drink beer on game day? <laughs> He's got you there, Borky. Uh, well, a beer is not a conscious living thing. It's, it's, oh, you're it's moving the goalpost, Borky. You, what are you, a politician? No, you said you can't I eat the mascot. Like you can't consume the mascot. You are moving the, the goalpost. The mascot being a living thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't. You can't do that. Uh, Jeff and Brenda want to know what Akron eats. Well, the, you know, their their mascot's a kangaroo, so I guess they can't have well, that. that kangaroo is not really a common game day. Thing. Shouldn't be now. I mean, I, I, I've never heard of that before. Might uh, never heard of kangaroo. I've never heard of people eating kangaroo before a football game. Well, oh, no. I'm sure there's maybe a in Australia around Baton Rouge that's got something weird like that. But half of Texas fans are probably vegan anyway. Oh. <laughs> it is funny that like Franklin Barbecue, the maybe the most famous barbecue restaurant in the world has lines that start at 3 a.m. every single day in the heart of Austin. Like, of all places for that to exist, it's 
Austin. Big city. I mean, and there, big city. Are, there are six or seven barbecue restaurants that are probably almost just as good in that city. Half of te- uh I read that. It's just going to be fun to read it again. Jimbo says, um, Shark makes a fine meal. Thrasher and Mako are fantastic. Brian wants to know if any of you guys drink Bud Light. I think you're fishing there, Brian. I think we'll uh, I think we'll avoid that question today. Well, my answer is no, but I didn't before. So, uh, my my, I ha- drink my habits beer haven't I, changed. I want to drink because I'm a grown adult, and I don't let other people make decisions for me. Cross has been so tongue-tied the last couple of days. It's evident you guys need a break. I think it was just that one time, wasn't it, where I just had to completely start over? Eh, I think so, but you know. CC in Cittatobia. Maybe these colleges shouldn't have such delicious mascots. Hey, let's be the Mississippi Catfish and Hush Puppies. They never <laughs> eat that on game day. Yay. <laughs> Your mascot's I, uh, too delicious. Yeah. Uh, I hear you. I did have, uh, over a few beers, a conversation of what mascot would you want to eat the most in college football. Mm. And I settled on Texas. I, I know the easy answer yeah, Bevo. is... Bevo is the correct answer. Yeah. He says that I said Wayne earlier instead of Rain. My apologies. That that you did, but it happens. I was just thinking like Wayne, Wayne, Wayne go away. You know, like a little kitty stop or something. I don't know. No, I get it. Yeah. Um, I do. You also we we also screwed up the Mississippi State South Carolina thing. So, just, you know, that's on me too. I'll take, I'll take the, the blame. I was with Fred's a couple weekends ago, and you know how you use different language around your kids than you do other adults. And we were eating crawfish, and I got up, and I, I let them know that I was getting up to go TT on the potty. So <laughs> it, just, it just came out. <laughs> that is great. That is great. Wow. Oh, God. Look at Richard's face. Look how red he is. <laughs> I, mean, even, uh, I, mean, I guess these are all your good friends, right? I mean, it'd be even better if it was like a, a formal business dinner. <laughs> Sitting in a or no, it would have been much. And, excuse me, just for it'd a second. It'd been better everybody. if it's a bunch of bunch of a bunch of, a bunch of four year olds at a birthday party and Borgie just stands because I got to go drain the lizard. I'll be right back. Peace. <laughs> Hey. But it got kicked out. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. The uh, something you can be oh, thinking man. about. By the way, uh, Ben Portnoy will join us live from Augusta once again today. That's in the five o'clock hour. Mississippi State's unveiling a Ron Polk statue next week. Who else should get statues? Sports Talk. Sports Talk Mississippi. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Thursday, 
Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Visit PearlRiverResort.com. Check out the events page and see all the live events that are coming up later this spring and into the summer. You uh, you can buy tickets online as well. That's at PearlRiverResort.com. Coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios, you can be a part of the conversation on the C Spire text line at 601 879 Four three nine five. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Seaspire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in Seaspire Country. Check them out online at seaspire.com/business. Alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. Thank you for being with us. Jeff gives us a score update from the Commonwealth of Virginia where Southern Miss is leading 4 to 3 over Old Dominion in the bottom of the ninth inning trying to hang on to a one-run lead and get game 1 in a critical series on the road for the Golden Eagles as Old Dominion came into the weekend 7 and 2 tied for first with Coastal Carolina in the Sunbelt Conference that would be a great start for Southern Miss um, on the road this weekend against Old Dominion Mississippi State and Alabama just underway in Tuscaloosa. We'll try to keep you up to date in this final hour of the show with uh, scores for that game and, uh, and a whole lot more. But right now it is time for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Whatever you're looking for, they've got you covered. If it's an SUV, check out the Expedition or the Explorer or maybe the Ford Edge. If you're looking for a truck, F-150. F-Series best-selling trucks in America for 46 straight years, plus the Super Duty. They've got the lighter-duty trucks, the pickups, the Maverick, and the Ranger. You can test drive them all at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Borky, where are we going today for the college football fix? So I actually want to call an audible a little bit because I want to save this idea uh, with Portnoy coming up and, and you teased it. So I want to talk about it here, even though it's inspired by a baseball thing. Okay. The Ron Polk statue is set to be unveiled outside of the stadium there at Mississippi State. Deserved honor, no doubt. Let's expand that, though. If it was up to you on both the campus there at Mississippi State preferably for the college football fix outside of the football stadium. And outside the football stadium there in Oxford, who else is worthy of being immortalized via bronze statue? Mm. All right, so you've got one at Ole Miss with, with John Vaught. There are 11 billion Ole Miss baseball fans who would tell you that Tim Elko needs a statue outside of Swayze Field. There one day will be a statue or some sort of commemoration for Mike Bianco, right? I mean, winning his, Absolutely coach, in, think, winning his yeah. coach in program history. Won a national the title. second winningest coach in SEC baseball history with the win against Memphis on, uh, on Tuesday night. And by the way, name the stadium after him. It's Oxford University Stadium. That has no meaning or anything. Yeah, it kind of does though, because Oxford helped pay for it. That that that's uh, like I'm, sensitive right. locally. I, I, I'm telling you, Mike it's just Bianco like a Field local. is easy. To, Mike Bianco Field is an easy fix for that though. Tom Swayze with I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's already well, I mean, Swayze I'm just Field. It's, <laughs> you gonna have to. I mean, it's it was it's Polk Dement Stadium. Make it Swayze Bianco Field. Yeah. 
Swayze Bianco. Sounds, sounds like Bianco Swayze. Sounds like some people need to toughen up a little bit in terms of their sensibilities. No, I mean that's just uh, that the the whole town and gown relationship thing in every college town is delicate, and when you ask the city to pay for the stadium or pay for a portion of the stadium on the front end, you don't want to necessarily yank the city's name off of When it. was that, though? Uh, 1988-ish. Okay. They could probably like get, go on with it. Like they've gotten a return on that investment. Yeah. No, nobody really says Oxford University Stadium uh, anyway. I mean, it's Everybody just calls it Swayze, so maybe it's Mike Bianco Stadium at Swayze Field somewhere down the line. Would that? But would you rather have that or a statue? I'd rather have the stadium named after me. Yeah, I tend to agree. Most people walk right by statues. With all due respect to the people that have earned them. Well, you know, you say that though, but like the statues of Clark and Palmero in front of Duty Noble, there are people taking pictures with those all the time. Yeah, that's good. And point. I assume the same will be true with Ron Polk on uh, after after next Friday. So on the football side of things. Who gets a statue in Starkville? Well, the obvious answer is Dak. You know, you can get a statue of him pointing up to the sky. That's an easy one. Beyond him, I mean, there's not really a unanimous guy, is there? I mean, would you put Jackie out there? I don't know. Mullen could have, but no. No, no, I don't think um, Dan Mullen is getting a statue outside no. of Davis Wade. No, I mean, and then, you know, I mean, if you go back to the old days, so like Jackie Parker or D.D. Lewis, but I, I don't know. I think Dak is the only for sure but, but, answer. But, but, okay, so, so let me ask a question that by some would be viewed as, oh, that's Richard. What did Dak do to deserve a statue? Is it, is it just, just transcendency? So yes. Okay. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's just the most beloved bulldog of all time. Okay. And, and, and again, the number I, one. I mean, they didn't finish there, but you, you can't take that away. That was a a memorable time for Mississippi State. Final in Hattiesburg, by the way, four to two. I thought it was four three. Je- Jeff uh, corrected himself on the message. It was okay. yeah. So, but good. Not in Hattiesburg, but on the road. On the road at even uh, better. Dominion, yeah, yeah, Big win. yeah. That's a uh, that's a good start to the uh, weekend series. Um, all right, so who is it? Who is it for Ole Miss? Both Mannings, obviously, the Mannings. I would put Patrick Willis there too. Mm-hmm. Depends on how many statues you want to do. I'm a big fan of statues. I think that. Yeah. You should you should have full on shrines and not just like a plaque somewhere. I mean, if you've got Transcendent players, then then immortalize them as much as you can. You don't you don't want to be too liberal with it. I'm not talking about politically. You just you don't want to, you know, just give statues to anybody that was decent. But Patrick Wills wasn't decent. You may never have a linebacker as good as him again. You know, and and so why not immortalize him in that way as opposed to having his name like on a plaque on like a brick wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I would put Archie and Eli together in a statue and then have a separate one for Patrick Willis. That's what I would do. May may I interrupt this conversation? Uh, Well, actually, not even interrupting. Maybe a guy that deserves a statue in Hattiesburg? Scott Berry? 
Just won his 500th career game. Wow. Very nice. 500 career wins for 40. That's uh, that's awesome. Just just another a uh, salt of the earth human being as well. Another statue suggestion for Starkville for Mississippi State, mm-hmm. and I don't know what venue you want to put it in front of, but Jack Crystal. Oh. Sig in hand. Got to have the cigarette. I, I would be mad if he didn't have a smoke. Mm. Um, Jeff in Oxford says Jake Gibbs. Dwayne and Brandon, I like this suggestion a lot. And I like action statues as opposed to just yeah. standing there statues. I mean, I know they all just kind of stand there, but you, commemorating an action is, is what I'm getting at. Right, um, right, right. Dwayne and Brandon suggest Ray Guy. Leg in air as if he were punting. Yes. Yeah. Pro Pro Football Hall of Famer. First punter in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Changed the game. Super athlete. Yeah. Yes, I love the idea of a Ray Guy guy statue. Yeah. Uh, Somebody said no Jake Mangum? No. Okay. (laughs) Marshall Henderson in front of the pavilion. But he's got to be doing the roostery land shark thing he did. The roostery land shark thing, that would be like the thumb against the forehead with the four fingers up. Um here's another one, Mississippi State. Logan Cook in fully extended punt. He's a good punter. Great punter. No, Heck a, of an NFL career. No. Come on. Not sure that's deserving of a statue. With no disrespect no. intended. Uh, uh, so Tim and Ridgeland on the um, on the sorry, I just got caught up in a, a different message from Tim. Um, added to the Tom Swayze. Tom Swayze is arguably the second most important figure in Ole Miss sports history. Four SEC titles, three College World Series trips, plus was the first full-time football recruiter in the nation for what was then a great program under Vault. Plus, he was a three-sport letterman as a student athlete. Yeah, and I mean that's why the that's why I love that the field has become sway. I mean, it has been Tom Swayze Field all along, but somewhere along the way, Swayze is what everybody started calling it, instead of calling it Oxford University Stadium. Ben Portnoy will join us live from Augusta on the other side of this timeout on the Farm Bureau guest line right after this. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports. On your radio and in the game. Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Round one of the Masters, not quite done. you got a few guys still out on the course. Top of the leaderboard has Victor Hovland, John Rahm, and Brooks Kepka at seven under par. Uh, Cam Young and Jason Day, two shots back at five under. And then Shane Lowry, Xander Shoffley, Adam Scott, Gary Woodland, Scotty Scheffler, the reigning champ, Sam Bennett, the U.S. Amateur champ, Sam Burns, all at four under par and tied for six. Then with that, we welcome Ben Portnoy. Back to the show. Kind to spend a few minutes with us again this afternoon after giving us a little bit of a preview yesterday. Writes at the state in South Carolina. 
and is uh, covering the Masters again this year. Ben joins us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Um, pretty good scoring conditions on day one for the guys that uh, have been able to take advantage of it. Yeah, definitely. It was a uh, it was an interesting day because it started out pretty uh, pretty slow out there. It was definitely uh, you know the conditions were a little wet. Uh, it took a little bit of time for the fog and dew to blow off this morning, and guys were able to stick a few shots. Uh, there was, it sort of firmed out during the day, got hot, and then uh, again some rain here and there uh, during the afternoon session. So it was definitely a uh, it was an interesting day of competition. Obviously, you're seeing a lot of low scores so far uh, through the first round and almost completed, but uh, it's definitely been an interesting day of scoring, that's for sure. Ben, I know there are a lot of people that are, are focused on what the weather is going to be like for the next couple of days. Do they feel confident that, that they'll be able to get all of round two in tomorrow before it gets rough and then just hope for the best on the weekend? Yeah, I think the thought is that round two should be okay. I think the question, or at least the biggest question I have is round three on Saturday. Uh, you know, their forecast is showing a 100% chance of rain. Uh, the Masters hasn't finished on a Monday since 1983, so it's been a while. Uh, mm. But I do think it's conceivable that you could have that, depending on the weather. I think tomorrow we'll see. It might be a little bit shaky. There's definitely going to be some rain in the forecast. But uh, I think that's why it was, frankly, so important to get through today, especially. Hey, have you checked in with your bosses? Will they let you stay till Monday if there's a Monday finish? <laughs> as long as my uh, my host here in, uh, here in Augusta will let me, I will. Uh, my plan is to be here. Uh, I think that's a yeah, that's a good plan. All right, so so what about some of these rounds? Victor Hovland just kind of set the tone right out of the gate with the eagle that he made on two. Super aggressive line. It worked out well. You know, the knock on him has been you know kind of chipping, pitching, not so much iron play, but short iron play. Felt like he kind of had it all going today. Yeah, he was really rolling early, and and like you said, kind of set the tone uh, early in the day. I, I mean, this was a, again, like the conditions were slow. Guys were able to stick some shots. The green slowed down. They weren't moving as much as you usually expect from Augusta this time of year when, when things dry out and it gets a little hot. And You know, Victor was one of those guys that was just feeling it this morning. I mean, he came out hot. Uh, a couple of guys, we saw Eagles on, on two as well. So mm-hmm. that kind of, him and a couple other guys, obviously, uh, got their rounds going pretty quickly there. All right, Ben, so, so John Rahm goes out and doubles one with a four-putt, and then he, he looks just, I mean, very un-John Rahm-like with the drive the, he hit on two. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, i got to start playing. And then he goes and plays the rest of the day in nine under to, to get to 65 and post a, a first-round seven under after a double on the first hole of the day. It's incredible. Yeah, it was pretty insane. You know, I was out there following Phil Mickelson's group for a while, and I got back to the media center and checked the phone and was looking at the leaderboard as we were walking the grounds. And you kind of looked up and you're like, "Hold on, wait, John Rahm did what?" <laughs> and uh, it, it was it was a really impressive round. Obviously, I mean, he's a guy that a lot of people had circled that could win this thing, and, and frankly, probably was in the discussion as maybe the the outright favorite, if not you know one of the three with Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler and. You know, he came to play early. Uh, I mean, it took him two holes or a hole and a half maybe, but uh, once he got going, he was rolling. And I think that, you know, when Rom is playing like that, when the conditions are a little bit slower and the way he drives the ball, and frankly does just about any, everything well, uh, he's going to be a guy that's going to win majors. And I think that, you know, there, I'm not the first one to say it would be surprising that uh, if he didn't win a major this year, just given his form and how well he's played, yeah. I just I, he, is, he was really on another planet once he really sort of locked in and got things going this morning. 
So is the buzz around Brooks Kepka that maybe he found that elusive confidence that he kind of admitted to losing on the, the full swing documentary with the win last week and look out, maybe here comes round two of Kepka? Yeah, I mean, that's another really fascinating piece, and I think that's what makes this leaderboard so interesting, right? You've got a lot of big names, but you've also got some guys that have had some shaky outings here and there, but have showed up this week, at least through one round. Obviously a long way to go, but, uh, you know, he's one of those guys, right? The biggest thing for Brooks has always been the confidence. It's never been the physicality. It's never been the it's sort of what he can do on a golf course. It's It's the mental side. It's the confidence. You know, the injuries were obviously a problem at one point, but... But now that he's kind of got that confidence back, that, that role, that sort of swag that he's got, that um, you know, I don't care attitude a little bit out there on the mm-hmm. golf course, I think that that plays to his strength. And when he's doing that, I mean, look, we've seen this guy be a killer on the course in the last, I mean, we're only, what, two years removed from him winning two out of four majors, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, you know, this is a guy that obviously has done it and recently, and I think it's easy to forget that, but uh, he's a guy that I think guys aren't going to be thrilled to see him up at the top of the leaderboard because of what he can do on a Sunday. All right, so I want to go down and, and talk about one of the other favorites for a second. And I feel like there are a lot of people that are going to look at Rory McIlroy. He's got two holes left. I think he pulled it left on, on 17. We'll, we'll see how it finishes. He's at one under right now. If he can get into the clubhouse today at one under or two under, I might argue that Rory's fine, that, that he's in an okay position. Because I feel like he fought it a little bit today and could never get it going. But we've seen Rory kind of shoot himself out of the tournament in the first round or two in recent years, make the cut, and then he goes and has one of those stupid days on Saturday where he shoots 64, and everybody's like, oh, that that's the Rory we're looking for. If he could just not take himself out of the tournament today, is Rory okay? Yeah, I think you're right, and for that exact reason. I mean, we saw him go out and shoot 64 on Sunday last year, the chip in on 18. We've all seen the video of it, and I think that you know that's what makes Rory so dangerous is that he can kind of chase at a course that – you know, a lot of guys will tell you that Augusta is not a super easy course to chase from because of, you know, how the greens can be so tricky and, and speed up and, and it's just a hard place to, to, to hit greens. And, and because of that, you know, with what Rory can do, it's really impressive for one. But two, like you said, he shot himself out of a lot of tournaments, especially here uh, with his first rounds. And I mean, anecdotally, if he's to get in at one or two under, that's got to be one of his better first rounds at the Masters in the last at least probably four or five goes at it. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me exactly, but I would guess as, as much. And so, you know, you get look at that and you again, you look at what he's been able to do on Saturdays and Sundays, just get himself to to into contention when, when he was sort of so far out of it, I think is makes it so fascinating to track because Rory does have a track record of being able to, to light it up on the weekend. And, and if he can, like you said, just keep himself sort of within a couple of shots, he's going to have a chance. I mean, it's not that different from, from what we saw from Justin Thomas at Summon Hills last year at the PGA. Yeah. I mean, he was, what, seven shots off the lead going into the final day and, and ends up winning with a, with a crazy round. So I think that you could see something like that with Rory if he's able to just keep himself afloat. That's a uh, that's a really good point, and uh, we'll keep an eye on that. And, and you know, golf cliche, right? You you can't win it on Thursday or Friday, but you certainly can lose the tournament on those days. All right, so we know that a bogey-free round at Augusta is an accomplishment. There's so many places you can get yourself into trouble, especially on the greens. The leader, or the 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 first leader, Hovland, goes bogey-free with his 65 today. How impressed are you with the round that Sam Bennett has put together? If he does not make a bogey on 18, he will shoot a he'll have a bogey-free first round. An amateur making his Masters debut. To me, that is mind-boggling. And it's even cooler, Ben, because of the history of this tournament and Bobby Jones and his amateur career. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, Sam Bennett was a guy that a lot of people have circled as kind of, you know, not necessarily the next big thing, but he's been a really big name on the amateur circuit for a while now and, and has had a really, really, really good career at Texas A&M. Uh, came back for a fifth year, and, and he's a guy that a lot of people circled as a probable favorite for the low AM this week. And I mean, he came out firing. He started out, I think, three under through the first two holes, uh, eagled two along with Scotty Scheffler, and uh, he's been right there. I mean, a couple of Texans in that group, and you, you probably weren't circling Sam Bennett as the one to have the best score out of that group going into uh, going into Friday. So uh, he's been really, really impressive. Like you said, Brandon to come out here and shoot the way he has play the way he has and, and you know, go basically bogey-free through, bogey through 17 and, and we'll see on 18 uh, is really, really impressive. And, and that's going to be a fun thing to watch, especially if he can kind of hang around into the weekend. And, and, you know, if he's a guy that can go and finish in the top, whatever, 20, 15, that's, that's a huge, huge accomplishment for a guy who uh, is, is right on the verge of turning pro. Uh, ben, two things, uh, 30 seconds left. One, Brian, hey, Dad, says hi. Hey, Dad, you want to say hi? Ben, I do have a question. Do you know <laughs> who votes it. for the C Spire Trophy? <laughs> that does, that's not your prerogative. <laughs> Go ahead, Richard. Ah, oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, so Hey Dad wanted to say hi and derail the interview completely. Just in 30 seconds, give me what you're looking for tomorrow. Yeah, I'm really obviously interested to see. It's amazing we've gotten this far and haven't talked about Tiger Woods. Uh, we'll see if he makes the cut. If he misses it, it'll be the first time he's missed the cut since his second Masters in 1996. Uh, that's obviously something to circle. Uh, on the flip side of that, Freddie Couples was one under today, and so was yeah. Phil Mickelson. Uh, followed Phil, and I'll have more on that later today. But, uh, you know, if either of those guys can make the cut and get into the weekend, that's a really fun thing. If Freddie does make the cut, if I'm not mistaken, he'll be the oldest player to ever make the cut at Augusta, uh, breaking Bernard Longer's uh, streak, and he came pretty dang close a year ago. So that would be a fun thing to watch. And, and like you mentioned a little bit before, Sam Bennett is going to be one that uh, we'll see. And, and another guy is Sam Burns. I, mean, he, I wasn't totally sure how he'd show up at Augusta. He hasn't done great in a couple great. of majors he's played, and uh, he's been lights out today. So we'll see if he can keep it up for three more days. Thanks, Ben. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. You know I love sports. On Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Hey, Dad, I know, I'm assuming you've got it pulled up. What's uh, what's happening in Tuscaloosa right now, Mississippi State, Alabama, game one of their series, which got started today at 5. Uh, Kate Smith trying to work out of a little trouble here. He, uh, he plunked the first two batters at the bottom of the second. Now 3-1 Mississippi State. Uh, mm-hmm. State got two runs in the first. Alabama, I don't know if they were going with an opener or if there was an issue there, but they changed pitchers after the first inning. Uh, and Ross Highfield tagged the reliever, uh, Banks, for a uh, solo shot to make it 3 nothing. But now, right now, Alabama has uh, second and third with two outs. Okay. Uh, down so, three uh, good start for uh, Mississippi State in game one of the, uh, of the series this weekend in Tuscaloosa. Hey, Borky, have you seen the, uh, you seen the rift between the governor of Connecticut and the mayor of Houston? No. Governor Ned Lamont, a Democrat from Connecticut, 
who traveled to Houston and was on hand Monday night to watch the University of Connecticut men's basketball team win its fifth NCAA tournament championship, was on the Chaz and AJ show on WPLRFM when he said, after winning the semifinals, sorry, after winning the semifinals, you walk around downtown Houston, which is butt ugly. Not much there. Now, Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner, also a Democrat, responded that he did not appreciate the governor, quote, throwing shade at his city after it went to the trouble to feed you, dine you, host you, house you. And you're going to go back and talk about butt ugly? Which end was he looking from, Turner said to KHOU-TV. Now, the governor made a bit of an apology, said we had a ball during the NCAA tournament. The people there were incredibly gracious and welcoming for us, and the basketball game was pretty darn good as well. Emphasized that he was joking around on the radio show, and he enjoyed Turner's response to his comments. He said, maybe the governor's looking at the wrong end of a beautiful horse, Lamont said. I guess I resemble that comment. I want to say, more importantly, that nothing compares to the beauty of that amazing basketball championship on Monday night. I mean, Houston is not a great, a great, attractive city. I mean, it's it's so spread out. They're they're downtown, which I have been to. There's not a lot going on there. Uh, yeah, the government, the the the, the Connecticut guy is not too far off the pace here. You know, Houston. But why? If you told somebody traveling to the states. Hey, you got to go check out Houston. You'd be leading them I- incorrectly, but Astray. there's there's good stuff to do in Houston. And also, have you seen stores? It Connecticut takes forty minutes to get there. Have you seen stores? You want to talk about ugly? Yeah, I mean, ain't great. What are you What are you doing, weirdo? I wish our politicians would direct their energy towards I don't know governing. Wouldn't that be great? If instead of like being yas queen online, that they would actually, you know, do their jobs that their ridiculous salaries pay them to do. I don't know. I mean, throwing know, shade man. at other cities know, on radio. I don't know shows. if I want those people making decisions. That's a good point, actually. But hmm. it's not the only place where you get a little controversy. Fernando Tatis Jr says that he expects to face plenty of vitriol from opposing players and fans in 2023 because of his positive test last year for a performance-enhancing substance. He had an early taste of that in Sacramento on Wednesday night. Hit a solo home run during the second inning of a minor league rehab game with AAA El Paso. He's going to play there for the next couple of weeks as he completes his 80-game suspension. He was booed while rounding the bases by the home fans in Sacramento. Caught flack on social media from the pitcher, Cade McClure, who allowed the home run. Responding to a video highlight of Tatis' home run, McClure called the two-time slugger a cheater who was playing in the game in the first place because of a steroid suspension. He put asterisks in his tweet response to the video and said, Cheater hits a home run on a rehab assignment during a steroid suspension. I actually have a question. Why are you allowed to play in minor league games while you're still serving your major league suspension? It's not a major league game, I guess. Yeah, but it's a team that's part of the organization. 
I I mean, it, it's obviously a ramping up period so that he's ready to go when he gets back. You know, his his big league suspension is over. Shouldn't it just be like you can't play baseball during the eighty game window professionally? Yeah, like you can you can play a couple weeks in the minors to ramp up after the suspension is over. After the eighty game suspension in the big leagues is over. Right. I do not like right. that part of the rule. I didn't I had no idea. Back on August twelfth he tested positive for clostrobol not clostobol, synthetic form of testosterone and remember um it was his dad that came out and said it was an accident? Somebody did. It's always an always accident. Always an accident. Never, nobody ever means to uh, take steroids. At least not until they get caught. Then they did. Except for Jose it. Canseco. He, he meant to do it. He'll tell you. And, I mean, do you kind of respect him a little more for that? Honestly, yeah. he's always sure. more respectable. Yeah. Why did you take steroids? Because it helps me hit the baseball farther. Yeah? If I hit the baseball far, they pay me more. Oh. Well, okay. Well, at least we appreciate the... Um... And I, look, before you come at me with, uh, it doesn't help you hit it farther, hand-eye coordination. I, I Like, I get it all, okay? If it didn't help, guys wouldn't do it. Guys wouldn't take steroids if it didn't help them be better at their craft. So. Yeah, it doesn't make you good when you're bad. It makes you stronger. Gives you more right. durability. But you still got to hit them. I mean, Barry Bonds was in an exceptionally great hitter before he bulked up. Mm-hmm. Would have been in the Hall of Fame before he bulked up. Yeah. Yeah. And no, he, I'm, uh, I, he, he did bulk up. Especially in his head. I mean, bulked up everywhere, but like his head became massive. You can relate, hey, Dad. Like an orange on top of a toothpick. <laughs> um, Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Glad to be with you this afternoon. You can always be a part of the conversation on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. We did this last weekend. I don't remember. We didn't go back and fact-check ourselves. But let's walk through the uh, the seven series in the SEC and uh, predict the outcomes this weekend. Mississippi State at Alabama. Wins hey, what you got? the series. Oh, sorry. Wins the series. Who does? State. They're starting off all right. We'll f- all right. You think State I'm gonna, wins I'm going to say Bama wins the series before until I see otherwise. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to continue to to uh, s- I'm going to have to buy high on this one. You you're you're trying to reverse jinx. I I wouldn't even say that. I I honestly don't have a lot of faith in them. Arkansas and Ole Miss. Hogs will take two. Okay. Ole Miss wins the series. Ole Miss wins it. Okay. Vandy at Mizzou. I just think Vandy's a juggernaut right now. I think they're sweeping. Yeah, I I think we got another sweep coming, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Mizzou swept Tennessee. How did that happen? Right, that is that is a wonderful question. Uh, LSU at South Carolina. I'll go LSU gets two. They keep winning series. They keep two. not sweeping. Cox get two. Tigers get two. Ooh, oh, that would be big Porky. news. There you go. Yeah, it would. Yes, it would. Florida at Tennessee. I got the Gators getting two in Knoxville this weekend. 
which means Tennessee will stay below 500. Four and five going into the weekend. They'll be five and seven when this weekend's over. Hmm. Tennessee. Everybody going two. the other way there? Tennessee wins it? Yeah, okay. Tennessee will take two. Yeah. Uh, Florida will take two and do us all a favor. <laughs> um, A&M at Auburn this weekend. That's Ooh. two teams that need wins. Uh, it's at Auburn. It's at Tigers Auburn. get two. It's kind okay. of a stinky Tigers series. A little. Kind of important series for both of those teams, though. That it when is. you think about postseason aspirations. And then finally... Georgia and Kentucky. Kentucky in Athens this weekend to take on the Georgia Bulldogs. Is that right? It is in Athens? Uh, let's see here. It is. Yeah, it's in Athens. Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. I got the Cats winning it, getting two. I'm not betting against Kentucky, not the way they're playing right now. Anybody predicting a sweep? We'll just all concur. Yes. We'll go Kentucky's winning the series. No. Oh, Kentucky sweeps. Sweeping. They're hot. They're hot. So hot right now. There you go. Ride Kentucky the, baseball. Uh, so hot right now. Ride the hot hand. Uh, is it possible that Kentucky has become a football and baseball school? Mm. Certainly not funny. a basketball school anymore. Mm. It would be funny if that happened. We'll wrap it up with you coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. One last time on this Thursday afternoon before we hand you off into the Easter weekend. This is your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Normally rever- uh, reserved for Friday afternoon. Borky just making the executive decision that that's uh, that's the last show of the week, last last segment of the week song. I like yeah. it. Best of Sports Talk Mississippi coming your way tomorrow. We'll be back with you on Monday afternoon to uh, recap the entire weekend. We hope that you and your family have a wonderful Easter weekend. Maybe you'll get a little time off uh, tomorrow to hang out on Good Friday and then uh, enjoy the weekend with uh, with friends and family. So you got Mississippi State and Alabama in Tuscaloosa. It's a 3-2 ball game. Mississippi State with two in the top of the first, one in the top of the three, second. Three. Oh. Well, you're ahead of me then. So Alabama scored two in the bottom I, of the third? Because you watched the game and I just look at the live stats. No, I actually just pulled up the box score. I wasn't even watching it there. What, what happened? Okay. Home run? Another solo home run on an 0-2 pitch. Don't know where that was, but my goodness. Whew. Home run. Uh, so, yeah, so new ball game. Back-to-back back solo home runs. Yeah, 3-3 Alabama and Mississippi State. Everything else gets started a little bit later. 6 o'clock first pitch for Vandy and Mizzou from Como. LSU and South Carolina in the other Columbia First pitch, 6 o'clock central time for that one as well. Arkansas will miss 6.30. 7 o'clock tonight in Knoxville on ESPNU. It's Florida and Tennessee, and then on the SEC Network. Also at 7 o'clock tonight, Texas A&M and Auburn. And uh, so far, so good in terms of uh, the weather here in Oxford. They pulled the tarp about 2.45. It has remained off the field. Both teams took 
Uh, batting practice on the field. Ole Miss going through its infield now. Pretty solid uniform matchup tonight. Ole Miss in the red jerseys tonight, and Arkansas in their all grays. That's uh, that's a uniform matchup I think you can get behind uh, a little bit as uh, big big weekend series starts uh, here in Oxford. All right, are we completely done with the first round, Borky? Almost. Got a couple of guys still out on the course. Some stragglers, yeah. Um, Sandy Lyle with the um, the biggest number on day one, as probably would have been expected. His last year, by the way. Last year for Sandy Lyle? Last time he will play competitively at any level, he is he's hanging it up. This is the last one. Goes out and shoots uh, an 81 today. So Sandy Lyle plus nine. Larry Mize also playing in his last Masters plus seven. Goes out and shoots 79. Um, get a nice walk up. Both of them will. I, I love that. The uh, when the past champions. I, I think. Yeah. Was it Ian Woosnam that I got to see do his final send off? I, I can't remember now. It was a long time ago. But seeing the, the 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 old guys, the past champions, walk up on that Friday when they're done is a pretty cool scene. Gordon Sargent, the um, Vanderbilt Commodore, who is really really good, the reigning. NCAA champion shoots a uh, five over seventy-seven. It was a roller coaster day for him. Started it with a birdie on one, then he bogeyed two and tripled three, bogeyed five, and he makes back-to-back birdies on seven and eight and a bogey on nine, uh, and he birdied eighteen coming in. So, so bookend birdies. He will certainly have that to remember with uh, birdies on one and eighteen, but between. There were some uh, some big numbers for uh, for Sergeant, but I mean I'm telling you the the coolest story of the day for me is Sam Bennett, the amateur, the former Texas A&M Aggie, who uh, won the USM, um, beat Ben Carr last year, shoots a bogey-free 68, a birdie on one, an eagle on two, a birdie on six, and pars the rest of the way. Porky, do you know how, that that's so impressive? An amateur making his master's debut, yeah. and he's three off the lead at four under with no bogeys on the card. Give That's a, incredible. Give him a big thumbs up for his round. <laughs> Whoop. Whoop. You know what they say? Whoop. Whoop. I bet. I wonder. Yeah. Hump it, Ags. That's what they say. They say hump it, Ags. Do you think he goes to the crow's nest and listens to Saul Varsity's horns off on repeat all night long tonight? You might. Baby. He just goes up there and sways to himself. He's like, hey, guys, I want to show you this thing that we do at A&M. Check it out. It's so cool. Me. It's, yeah, it's so cool. He thinks he thinks he's being followed by A&M's cheerleaders, but it's just the caddies. There you go. Oh, they're kind of dressed the same, aren't they? Yeah. That was uh, the point uh, of the joke. Yes, no, I, I, I understand. I, I, sorry. Just <laughs> slow on the uptake there. Um, We're off tomorrow, thank God. It's going to be good. It's going to be good to have a day off. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort Studios. You can always be in touch with us on the Ceasefire text line. Don't forget, if you miss any of the show, you can get it on podcast. It is free. It is available to you. It's also uh, available on demand at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday. We hope you have a great Easter weekend. We'll be back with you live on Monday just after 3 o'clock. For Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. Good night from the Pearl River Resort Studios.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.